Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Russell Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pequenel, and I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, Tempest. Hey, illustrious, bud. illustrious co-host. That's me. How are you doing, bud? You? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm I'm good. I'm tired. This week has been yeah. tiring. Not yeah. a lot this week. Luke being off means there's a lot of jobs that need to be filled in by other people. It was, it was a busy, busy week. For me, mm-hmm. but it was, it's good. I'm excited. I got a lot of next week off, so that's nice. That is nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 good. You know what, Tempest? I don't like the fact that we only do one podcast a week together now because it feels it like such wild. a long time between when we see each other. And I'm like, mm. what's happened in your life for like the last week? You know, I don't know. What's what's going yeah. on with you, man? How's your week been? What's happening? I wish I had more interesting answers. You know. Um since the last time that we spoke i went to a baseball game we won that was good uh otherwise i feel like i've done more like interesting things but my mind has just totally gone blank in this moment like i sat down i was like what do i have to talk about for these extra bits and i couldn't think of anything like off the immediate top of my head and which is weird because last night I felt like I had things to talk about that I wanted to discuss or or whatnot, and I have no idea. What's going on in your life, Pete? Maybe it'll jog my memory. Um, work. Mainly that. Um, doing a, uh, I'm hosting a birthday party tomorrow, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool. One of my friends is turning 27. Ugh. 28 27 I don't know one of the two and we're 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 having a part a round here probably just gonna be playing some board games and drinking and stuff should be fun um don't know what else is happening other than that I, it was cool this week um I went to went to drafts and saw some people that was nice because I was expecting after the board game club shoot that they did earlier this week I was expecting to go by, just show my face and be like, hey, yo, nice to see you. How'd your shoot go? I'm going home. But there were various people there, some of whom I can't name because secrets. 
um, that I hadn't met before. So then I got to meet them and I was like, wow, this is cool. And then more people started showing up. I was like, oh my God, this is like a thing. We had to migrate onto two tables. There were too many of us. It was great. Um, so that was cool. Um, that was a that was a fun little evening. Um, other than that, I've been struggling to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, oh, that's dear. exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Mm. Sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, I know. Did the podcast with Denise yesterday. That was nice. Oh, we're just a couple of really exciting people, aren't we, Tempest? Sure are. I mean, mm. yeah, it's it's tough these days, you know, because like I feel like most of my life does result does kind of revolve around wrestling, and I get yeah. onto a wrestling podcast, and I'm just like, I don't want to talk about wrestling during mm-hmm. the extra bits when I could talk about something else. Right. But there's nothing else to talk about because wrestling takes up so much of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's you totally know. Fair. So yeah. it uh, like it's hard. Uh. I've got a thing to talk about, Tempest, and I can talk about it with you specifically because oh recently we mm. came to the realization that my partner had not seen Avatar The Last Airbender. So oh, I was that's like, unacceptable. I was like, well, that's changing. Um, yep. So we're on season two now. Um, we're just like halfway through. And yesterday, yesterday we watched The Blind Bandit followed by Zuko alone. And I always forget that you have Blind Bandit, followed by Zuko Alone, followed by The Chase. And those are three fantastic episodes, and I love all of them. And it's so cool, and we're watching them, and I was like, I forgot how much I love this show, and it's just, it's really cool. And it's I like show. it. It's such a good show. I've been really enjoying show. rewatching it. Yeah. It was, I think it was the first show that I watched slash rewatched during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Yeah, You know, like when all this started two years ago, I sat down and just started watching Avatar The Last Airbender. And I was like, oh, like it was the first time that I I probably hadn't sat down and watched the show all the way through, like since I watched it on TV when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and just watching that was I was like, this show holds up better than it has any right to. Mm-hmm. And it really does just kind of like, you know, it, it goes to show to me that it really doesn't matter, like, what kind of show that you are writing. If you write it well, it will hold up. Like, yes. it doesn't matter if it's, like, a kid's show, you know? It's like, yeah, a kid's show could very easily be dated, but as long as you actually write the characters and the whole show well... It will hold up, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened with like Avatar: The Last Airbender, which it's just a very well written show. It just yep. happens to be a cartoon. Yep, oh, it's so good, Tempest. It's so good revisiting it, and I keep seeing. I'm like, you know, when we get to the next one, and it gets to like the credits, and it'll go to the next episode, and I'll just see the title of the next episode, and I'll be like, oh, I forgot that this one was next. This is where this one happens, and I'll get myself <laughs> excited, and then we'll be like, oh, we're not watching any more tonight, and I'll be like, no, but I want to watch more. And it's just, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been it's been great revisiting this show, and I'm really really enjoying it. Um, <laughs> it's I was talking to this um to um editor terry i was speaking to her about this recently because she's a huge last seven fan as well um that i tend to watch things as you and i both do because we review stuff quite a lot i watch tv shows and movies and stuff with quite a critical mindset and i like i do i do analyze like the writing and the pacing and the directing and the whatever else right and how things look together and the subtleties of what this meant and all that stuff so i i I tend to take in a lot of that stuff 
And, you know, there's certain episodes like, you know, um, like The Storm in season one, where you have like Aang's and Zuko's backstories running side by side and how like they're, they're like similar but different and how like the choices they've made have diverged them onto different paths and stuff like that. And I was like breaking it all down, be like, this is one of my favorite episodes because there's so much into it. There's this, 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 and this, and this, and this is why I like it. And there's this thing, and there's a the little moment at the end where they stare at, uh, where they um, have a share a look at each other as Hank's like flying past them, but it's all really cool. And I was like, what did you think of it? And then she was like, yeah, it's good. And I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't, we don't watch shows the same. And it really frustrates me. I just want to talk about it for ages. And she was like, yeah, it was yeah. good. I enjoyed it. Like, but why? I need to know. Um, yeah that's been a i feel i feel your i feel your pain pete yeah. you know what show we should talk about though is not mm. smackdown it's, it's rampage should. actually this is just a rampage podcast now it's not actually we will talk about smackdown but we are going to talk about rampage first because i'm i i kind of just wanted to talk about rampage first so i just fabricated a talking point because i just wanted to leave with rampage which nothing is... happened on smackdown you can get away exactly. with it this week right which is we're going to talk about is the blackpool combat club currently the best thing in wrestling short answer yes long answer let's talk about it is the blackpool combat club the best thing in wrestling right now yes <laughs> short answer <laughs> Yes. Cool. Well, Long good answer. podcast. Yes. yes. There it is, Tempest. Good joke. Welcome to the Rust Up Podcast review of Rampage and SmackDown. We will talk about SmackDown later, but we're going to be talking about Rampage first. Uh, get in your ultra chats at rustletalk.com forward slash support if you have any thoughts and feelings about Rampage, SmackDown, wrestling, anything, me. Talk about me. Ultra chat about me. That'd be great. I just. Anyway, let's talk about Rampage. Um... <laughs> I am a bit loopy today, Tempest. I'm a bit tired. You? I, you know what I did today, Tempest? You know what I did today? I did my news video this morning, watched SmackDown, did my news, did my review, and then I built some shelves, and now I'm here doing a podcast. I've had, I've, nice. I, I, was, I was physical, and I got sweaty, and now I'm here doing a podcast, and I'm very tired, because I did something physical, and I don't normally do anything physical, ever. Anyway, people so who do do stuff, podcaster. yeah, <laughs> I, but people who do physical stuff is the Blackpool Combat Club. They're cool, right? What a um, they, they had a uh, the opening match on Rampage this week against the Gun Club, the currently undefeated Gun Club as the as the trio that is. Um, and I genuinely think with the crowning of Wheelie Utah last week and the acceptance into Blackpool Combat Club, them as a trio now, I genuinely think it's the best thing in wrestling. And I, I don't say that lightly. And mm. I genuinely think that they have the most potential as a group and they're the most exciting thing that I've seen in quite some time. It's every time I see an AEW show, I'm like, Where's Moxley? Where's Danielson? Where's Utah? What are they doing on this show? It's something that I keep tuning into AEW to be like, what's the next thing that they're doing? Mm. And that is irreplaceable. That's something that's I mean, really that, that's exciting. the goal. That's yeah. the goal in wrestling, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love this. 
Mm-hmm. I really do. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think I would have had a similar reaction to last week where I would have come on here and just be like, this thing is perfect. And I still will. I think I was just like, I was thinking of what extra things they could do to this. And this is just me at this point theorizing with fantasy booking and such. I think Yuda should have shaved his head. I think this should have been kind of like a like a boot camp young lion. You're going through training again, kind of thing. That's you know, like I think that would have been like a fun thing. Like whoever goes through this has to like shave their head, and then as as it grows back, that is then your new character, very much like how uh, the 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 young lions do in in New Japan. Like Mm -hmm. everybody starts off the same, and then you get built back up as a new wrestler. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been fun, but I mean, I'm not going to say that, oh, it's ruined now. Bah, my idea didn't happen. I'm not going to say that. You know, he did have the the black and white version of his previously colorful tights. So there was mm-hmm. a change that happened. So I will, I will, I will give him that. Yeah. I, I really like this group. I love the presentation of them. It's so weird because they're so unified and also so separate at the same time. Yeah. Like they each have individual entrances. William Regal was specifically accompanying Wheeler Utah to the ring this time. Not Danielson, not Moxley, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Moxley still comes out through the crowd. They all seem so different, but they're just unified because of Regal. Regal's like the overarching guy that just brings everyone together. And it's just like the glue that holds them all together. It's such a unique presentation. I don't think I've seen from a wrestling faction in quite some time. And I just love everything about them. The way they interacted in this trios match against the gun club was like spot on. And how the crowd were popping every time they did a tag because mm. they were like, this person's in the ring now. And then it would tag back to like the same person that was just in the ring. They go, oh, we want to see more of this guy again. And they just pop every time there's a tag because all three of these guys are super duper over, which built to like a massive Wheeler Utah hot tag, which was great. And then you had the stare down with Danielson and Moxie getting taken out by Billy Gunn. You had like the final moments of Wheeler Utah standing up to the big bad Billy Gunn. And the crowd were like, yeah, let's go, Utah. Well, you, you, can, you, can, you can murder this guy. And... Your little nitpick was you maybe should have shaved his head. My little nitpick is I feel like you should have won more decisively against Billy Gunn. Why does AEW protect Billy Gunn so much? <laughs> that's, that's my thing. I don't. Why did it take two coffin drops? And why? It's <laughs> like why does he only just manage to get a roll up here? Why can he just like pin him with like a finisher? Yeah. You know. But that's, I think that's, it's, yeah, I think it's fine because it's like it's the first week. Sure. You know, it's like sure. if it's a it's a gradual process. He's still he's winning now, but he's not winning like super decisively. And I, I I agree. I would prefer them to just beat one of the gun club because it's mm-hmm. the gun club, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. I think you like sure he can roll up Billy Gunn and that be a thing. He could also just hit his finish on one of the ass boys and pin yeah. them. And I think it would have had the same effect and perhaps more. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is the best way to do it. I don't know. But I, I do I do agree. I do look at Billy Gunn sometimes and I was just like, why? Why is Billy Gunn? But it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. They're not but gonna take away my enjoyment of this of this group because I get so excited just about the future of this group. Every week there's some advancement in this little story. 
And it doesn't need to be major. Sometimes it's really major, like last week. Like, that was a huge turning point in the angle. Mm -hmm. But they don't all have to be like that, you know? And, Um, I'm assuming you're going to put the same comment I just saw. Yeah, 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 that one. I wouldn't even say apples to oranges. This is apples to steak. (laughs) Food group anymore. (laughs) But regardless, yeah, this is a fantastic little group that every week they advance the story a little bit. And I just really enjoy it because I don't know where exactly we're going now. I don't know. Cause before it's like, well, they're going to build to Wheeler Yuta gro- joining the group. That's, that's obviously where the next bit is mm-hmm. going to be. I don't know where the next thing is going to be is that, are they going to challenge for tag titles? Are they going to introduce a trios title or one of them going to challenge for a world title? I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think the last one's going to happen right now because no. I think that's occupied by CM Punk, but regardless, I'm interested all the same in what happens next. I don't know if they then turn their attention back to recruiting after a little while, or if they focus strictly on getting Wheeler Yuta to where he needs to be. I don't know. I don't know who the next person even is after Wheeler Yuta, because I would like this to be kind of like, I don't know if he has to graduate this little group first before Mm -hmm. they go back to recruiting. I don't know if they're going to have just one young boy in the group at a time. Or if they can start like, well, let's bring Lee Moriarty into the group Mm -hmm. or let's bring whoever, because I think there's like a lot that can be done by having a few guys, you know, the Danielson and the Moxley and the Regal at the top and just have like a class, just have like, this is the first class of the Blackpool Mm -hmm. combat club, you know, and have it, you don't, you don't just need to be like 10 guys, but it could be like, three maybe four yeah. guys and train them all at once and have them all be trained differently maybe one of them is a little bit more aggressive and he he latches on to moxley a little bit more while as the technical people lean towards danielson a little bit more and you just you get the different re- relationships there's just so many possibilities and i'm not going to be upset if any of them happen or don't happen it just makes me curious to see what's next and that is the goal that yep. makes me want to see the next show Legit. I I think what I personally would like to see, this is just fantasy booking on my end, I'd like to see them recruit Lee Moriarty next mm. and have kind of like a similar, not the same, because you don't want it to be the same as Wheeler Yuta's um, acceptance into the group. You want him to come through a different way, but have Lee Moriarty join in some factor, start building him up as well. Maybe have a Moriarty Yuta tag team or something, and maybe they can go on a little run together or something like that. That seems fun. Mm. And then you try and get the ultimate prize. You try and get Daniel Garcia away from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yes, but I this is that's where it goes. Yeah, months, months, and months down the line. Yeah, after Garcia's been in Jericho for a while, then you like entice him away from the Appreciation Society and and like get him. Right. I think that would be quite nice. He's yeah. the ultimate prize, and they want to get their hands on. Made it really good. Yeah, I I like. There's just so much that they can do. Mm. You know. They could go, they could take this in literally any direction. The only way that they mess this up is if like they break them up next week. If Danielson mm-hmm. just all of a sudden turned on Moxley next week, I'd be like, what did what have you done? But I've like they have the benefit of the doubt to not mess it up. So I I don't know, I just kind of trust them to to make yeah. this work, you know, and that's what makes fantasy booking fun because it's the same way that like 
well, this is a bad example, but the same way that everybody was like ahead of Game of Thrones season eight with their fan theories and like what's going to happen. Like, that's fun because you think it's going to pay off, but that's a bad example because that didn't pay off. But take any show with a long hiatus between seasons where fans are really theorizing about what's going to happen. That's what's happening here. Like, there's there's no sense in fantasy booking other shows a lot of the time because it's like, yeah, you just, you know, you're just stimulating yourself. You know, there's actually, there's no point in trying to figure out what they're going to do because they're not actually going to do anything. Whereas on this show, trying to figure out what they're going to do is fun because you're like trying to fu- figure out a puzzle. You're like trying mm-hmm. to figure out the answer. You're trying to figure out what happens next. But what they're going to do is probably better than what you're thinking of. Especially like not all the time, not saying booking is perfect all the time, but this has had a very good track record so far. This angle, this group. Yep. And that is just so, so, so exciting. Mm -hmm. So, so, so exciting. I get the same feeling watching this that I did watching like the Omega and Hangman long storyline where it's like every week I'm waiting for like something new to happen, some new like character moment. And I want to pay attention to every segment because I don't want to miss anything love this group i love mm-hmm. this group this is Absolutely. my favorite group since like i don't know peak bullet club mm-hmm. can't really that's think that's of bad. one that's been better than than this so far you know since yeah. then it's just it's exactly what i want out of wrestling and this is what i said last week but like mm-hmm. it is it is a group that is about the wrestling but it still has the character and the emotion and the storylines all built into it but it's centered around the wrestling and that might not be everyone's cup of tea but it's my cup of tea mm-hmm. i really like this cup of tea absolutely i i also really appreciated the fact that they gave you to the win in this match yes. um because he's the, the the new the new guy right because you very easily could have had moxley or daniel so you could have had you to be the guy that got worked over in the match because he's new and inexperienced and then you have moxley and danielson come and save him either one of them beats up one of the ass boys and they get the win. I don't think it would have been anywhere near as effective as what they did in the match. They put the spotlight on Utah where it should have been because he's still the one that's hot in the group, which is wild when you've got a group with John Moxley and Brian Danielson that uses the hot one right now, but he is. So putting the spotlight firmly on him as the new guy and showing how he's changed as part of the the club, like the, the co- Obviously, my first note on this was all in capitals, regal on commentary because he's so good. And they would, commentary were doing a really good job of putting over, like, look how much more violent Wheeler Yuta is in this match. Because at one point, he just like mounted one of them and just started like pummeling his face. And it was like, Apple yep. Combat Club, man. Like, that's what they do. It's great. You can so see good. the effect taking hold on him in real time, you know? If he went out there and he was the same Wheeler Yuta from a week ago, two weeks ago, I don't think it would have been as effective. But you go out there and you can already see it working. You can see him getting better, more aggressive, what have you. And that is just good storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's just simple. It's effective. Even Like, yeah, I think as for the match itself, so the match was like, it was fine. Yeah, I was 100% invested in one side and 0% invested in the other side, you know? And that that's fine, obviously. They need to have, like, a really big, decisive win, even though it was a roll-up. But you know what I mean. They're not going to give a lot to the ass boys, the ass club, mm-hmm. you know, the butt, the butt boys. But 
I don't know. I, I really look forward to when they have a six-man tag against, like, you know, the Undisputed Era, and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And people are cheering for both sides. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just there's a lot to look forward to here. There's a lot That's... to look forward to with this group. And to answer the question that is the title of this video, I do believe that this is the best thing in wrestling currently. Yes. So, so good. I am so excited. I also loved at the start, just a very quick little thing as well that I really appreciated. Like one of the first things that Regal did when he came onto commentary was saying, oh, I was just I was just showing Wheeler you to this little technique for doing this thing where you get the headlock and you put the elbow in the ribs. And I was like, it's little things like that that just show that he's like training him. So you can see mm -hmm. his progression. So now when he starts getting wins, because you haven't seen Wheeler you get that many wins on TV. Now he's starting to get wins. It's because he's being trained by William Regal. Like he's got a justification for starting to get wins. It's Right. Because like, like we kind of said, I think last week when we were talking about his series of matches with Moxley, where it's like the first mm -hmm. one he got beaten like a minute and yeah. it was like a little bit better. And now, of course, the last match, he was like right in the thick of things. I like that they are showing why he is now having closer matches and better, mm -hmm. you know, better performances. Because a lot of the time it's just like, well, why is it that a month ago? He got beat in a minute, and now he's like a main event caliber wrestler. But if you actually explain the story and, you know, go into more detail about his training and such, it's a lot easier to rationalize that in your mind, you know? Your suspension yep. of disbelief is a lot easier maintained because of the way that they tell stories. Also, Blackpool Combat Club versus House of Black. <laughs> I really want that as a match. <laughs> the House of Blackpool Combat Club. Oh, the House of Blackpool Combat Club. There it is. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Well, we should uh, get into some of your uh, ultra chats. Send those into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, we're going to go through all the ones that are five US dollars and up by the time the show goes off the air. Uh, on the subject of the Blackpool Combat Club, Plan R says, whether you like it or not, learn to love it because the Blackpool Combat Club is the best thing going today. Woo! Andy is a close second. No, he isn't. <laughs> say well done, Pete. Well done, Tempest. Do not say well done, Andy. Charles Burke says, uh, everybody has a hill they would die on. Mine is that Brian Danielson is the best wrestler to ever live. There is nobody as good as he is. And I mean, alive, retired, or dead. But this whole faction is great. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. You know, if you if you had said uh, a year ago that Daniel Bryan is the greatest wrestler to ever, to ever live, I probably wouldn't, like, take a hard stance against you. But it wouldn't be an argument that I would make, you know, mm-hmm. just... You know, from having been in WWE for ten years and such, it has it has a, an effect on my perception of a person. But after a year or so, like even six months in AEW, it's like, yeah, yeah, buy it. You know, yeah. yeah. Like if someone says that, I'm not going to disagree with you. Exactly. Now, but, like if you yeah. said it, I'd probably be like, you could, you could believe, you could convince me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tells Peace said, uh, I thought for sure Yuda would put one of the ass boys in the regal stretch. I don't even, uh, I don't think I even know what his finisher is. I also hope we get a no DQ where he pulls the brass nugs from his tights. Oh, all of those. Yes, I like it all. Ideas. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I really love things like, I like people taking a move from a rival or or something and integrating mm-hmm. it into their repertoire you know yeah. the same way that moxley uses the regal knee i think wheeler yuda using the regal stretch i think that's very tasty yeah that's a fantastic yeah. idea I love the sound of that. That sounds great. Uh, on the subject of AEW in general, uh, Mayor of Painsville Dan says, Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Wish you guys and everyone watching a happy Easter weekend. Can't be here live today, but I want to quickly chat on one thing. Dustin Rhodes versus CM Punk, the best in the world, takes on Punk. Match of the year right there. <laughs> I did think of Dan when I saw all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that more later, but yeah, Dustin Rose versus CM Punk is happening on Dynamite. Uh, Hannah Allen says, well, fudge me sideways. Give me a moment over these two. Sexy Adams match was epic. Page is wonderful and all, but I'm holding out for this Cole era. I did like him more with the Bucks. Do love me a good story, though. Omega, lots of love. Hashtag Jam that Jam. Hashtag LAW444Life. Thank you so much, Hannah. We'll talk about more about that match later, but yes, fun. Yes, Very. fun. I miss Kenny Omega. Yep. I want, I just saw the, uh, someone put a clip on Twitter like a couple days ago of the segment where uh, he's talking with Eva Ludo in the ring like last summer. And he's like, Eva Ludo, what, what, tell me, what's, what's the capital of Thailand? He's like, are we playing trivia today, Mr. Omega? Okay. And he kicks him in the nuts. He's like, it's, it's Bangkok, baby. And I was like, I love Kenny Omega and I miss him dearly. You know, mm-hmm. I want him to be as healthy as possible because holy hell, what he was going through at the end of that title run, how he was able to have a match that good against Hangman Page, he might be the best wrestler of all time. Like, mm-hmm. with dealing with that, dealing with vertigo and the ring is spinning as you're running, like in Madman. So I hope he sorts himself out and comes back healthy. But I do miss Kenny Omega a lot. Like, imagine, look how good Revolution was. Put a Kenny Omega match in there. That much better. Yeah. Like, I weirdly, I didn't miss him at first because he'd been on top for so long. And sure. because it was, it was like almost refreshing in a way to just have like a product that didn't have Kenny on it. And now I'm past that. And now I'm like, oh, I, w- I want Kenny back. I want to do some good matches. <laughs> you, well, know? you see, that's like the benefit of giving guys time off. Mm-hmm. Because it makes you miss them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you want to see them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Like, yeah, it's it's a simple concept, really. Like, you give them a, a really big run at the top. Mm-hmm. And then you give them some time off. And then you bring them back. And everyone's like, Kenny's back. And now he's like, well, not to say a big star again, because he was never not a big star. But you know what I mean? If you took anybody yep. off TV, for, look at Miro. I miss Miro, too. Same. I missed Moxley. You take the big star off TV, it makes me miss them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Zoe Sung said, Hikaru Shida, the samurai Pokemon. This Pokemon is very best in AEW. The only reason why I thought the women's division was fine until last Dynamite. She looks better in a white suit than I look in anything. Her ability to nullify bad booking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Um, she does look great in a white suit. Uh, but let's go through the rest of Rampage, then we'll go through SmackDown after that as well. So Rampage opened up with Blackpool Comic Club versus Gun Club, which we spoke about. Uh, we then had Butcher squash the Jobber. This was quite quick. This was very quick. And I'm of two oh, yeah. minds about this, because one, mm-hmm. one side of me goes, why was this on TV? Mm-hmm. The other side of me says, well, he's having a singles match on TV next week, so they're giving him a win to build that up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's good. And it was quick, so like, but at the same time, I listened to the crowd, and I was like, well, the Butcher, I can't believe that the Butcher came out, and he was like the star of the match. You know, he was the advertised, like, uh, mm-hmm. He was he's the featured performer of the mm-hmm. match. I was like, well, that's really odd. Mm-hmm. But 
if it's only going to take a few minutes, I guess more power to them. It was just, I don't know. It was, it was, I don't usually see this on TV. I feel like this is something that would usually take place on dark. I quite like this personally. My only minor criticism of it, he should have done more than one power bomb to make it more overt that he was do- sending a message to Wardlow. That That is it. That's, That's my fair. thing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Just do, a, just do a whole power bomb symphony and then win him because he's doing the Wardlow thing. Because mm-hmm. he's facing Wardlow. Uh, that's it. But I, I enjoyed this. Butcher gets a win. I like Butcher. He's great. I like Butcher. I'm happy. God, he's gotten himself in shape. Oh, hasn't he just? It's ridiculous. He looks great. Yeah. Love it. Um, Dustin Rhodes is backstage. And he does a promo. This was like, out of nowhere, like a really emotional promo being like, this has dream match written all over it. This is a dream opponent for me. This is something that I've wanted for ages. I'm challenging you with the best in the world, CM Punk. And I was like, one, why? Two, I believe you. Like, I believe that this is something that you've wanted for ages and that you really, really want to do. It was a really good promo. Don't know how I feel about the match, but it was a really good promo. Mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah, it's, it's a match. It's weird. It's one of those things where, like you said, one, why? But two, I believe you. So that kind of nullifies the why. I feel mm-hmm. like that's just kind of like, well, he wants it. And at the end of the day, that's I don't know that I need more of a reason than that. If he's mm-hmm. just like, because this is a place where you can't just like challenge people for the sake of competition, you know, and wins and losses matter. And he's just like, I want to test myself. I want to have a match against the best in the world. I want to wrestle CM Punk. I was like, all yeah, right, that's that's justification enough for me anyway. Mm-hmm. This, I think it's hilarious that like CM Punk's going to go week to week from having a match with Penta to having a match with Dustin Rhodes. I feel like those are about as two separate opponents as you could possibly <laughs> get in AEW. But it does make me appreciate the quality of their roster that you can have both. That's true. But also, they're so similar, Tempest. They both have face paint. Ah, you're right. They're the same wrestler. What was I thinking? Mm, of course. I, hope if, um, if, if, I think this match still will be good. Mm-hmm. This match oh, yeah, is great. Sure. My my hat goes off to them. I don't know where we really kind of go with Dustin Rhodes because he was very heavily implying that the end is, is near for, for him in the ring. And I feel like this is about where we would have gotten Cody Dustin 2 or something mm. of that nature. Some right. point, like I, I would have to believe that the send-off of Dustin Rhodes would have involved Cody in some way. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I don't know what they're gonna come up with now, but we'll we'll see. I again mm-hmm. I give them the benefit of the doubt that it'll be a good idea. Yep. Uh, we then had another Owen Hart qualifier with Ruby Soho versus Robin Renegade. Uh, I knew diddly dick about Robin Renegade before this match. Um, I remembered and... one thing. I remember that her, either she tweeted or her sister tweeted, uh, watch Rampage tonight where my sister's going to lick some ass. <laughs> was it? Like, that was like a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. I remember that. I was like, oh yeah, that was mm-hmm. you guys. That is very good. I thought commentary did a phenomenal job in this match to not only make you care about robin renegade to put her over as a legitimate competitor while also pointing out her inexperience like it's they they handled and juggled so many different things at the same time and they put her over while also making ruby soho look better 
while also exposing why Robin Renegade has potential for the future, but isn't quite there right now, which justifies her loss here. It was just so many different plates spinning at the same time, and they just managed it wonderfully. I thought commentary did such a good job here. Um, really, really good stuff. You know, <laughs> people people get upset if you say this sort of thing, but I've had that kind of week, and I don't care anymore. You know how we talk about minus ones all the mm. time? I think the reason I like AEW programming so much is because they have a lot of plus ones. You yeah. know, like the commentary, where in WWE, the commentary a lot of time is a detraction. Yeah. Here it's like, they've added so much to the match in, in this, mm -hmm. you know, Ruby Soho Robin Renegade match, yeah. which I, I was watching and I was enjoying moderately. I thought it was a good little match, but... You know, it wasn't the, the featured match of the, the night by any means. It wasn't something I was locked into. But they added so much. And if you can add to a match, that gets you a plus one. And that bumps your show up. It's just, it's the little things. Mm -hmm. And really, commentary is not a little thing. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of a little thing. Yeah. Um, they had a little uh, twin magic going on in this match. As she has an identical sister, Charlotte Renegade as commentary oh. told me, because I didn't know that before the match. Um, and I thought these were actually, like, good twin magic spots. Like, I didn't... You know when the Bella Twins did twin magic? I never really thought about, like, what you could do with that spot. Mm -hmm. But already watching this one, I was like, this is already, like, better than what yeah. the Bella Twins were doing. Like, it made so much more sense. Like, logistically, it made sense. And logically, it made sense. It was just, like... Things where she you got a really good like near fall off a distraction where one of them went under when they came out the other side and then boom roll up kind of thing. It's like it's like a well worked spot. It was nice, but it wasn't enough. Ruby Soho got the win. Fun, yeah, fun. More Ruby Soho, please. Yeah. Then it's it's tough. It's tough because I am of two minds when it comes to Ruby Soho. Not to go off on a tangent here. But I, of course, I love Ruby Soho. I want to see her succeed and everything. She strikes me as one of the signings that they've had where it's just like, okay, you're going to get your turn, but it's not right now. You mm -hmm. know, like they, they're dealing, they did the Britt Baker title reign and Ruby Soho wasn't going to be the person to beat Britt Baker. That was always going to be Thunder Rosa. So you have to get to Thunder Rosa first and you're going to have Jade Cargo be the TBS champion. So that doesn't give Ruby Soho a lot to do other than have a good showing in the TBS championship tournament. Yep. But I would have her on TV more. I would give her a rivalry the same way that Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb have a really good rivalry. I just pair her off with somebody, but I think her time is coming. And I think people need to, some people need to chill a little bit on the, well, they've wasted Ruby Soho or they've ruined Ruby Soho. It's just like her time is coming, you know, Everybody who gets signed, I believe, like, has their their turn is coming. And they didn't do a bad job of promoting and pushing Ruby Soho right out of the gate. Like, if it was, mm -hmm. like, the Miro thing where the first six months of Miro were just awful, you know? And I hated everything that he did for, like, six months and then loved everything that he's done since. That would, that would be a little bit different. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I got my fingers crossed. I want the best for Ruby Soho. I am looking forward to her having another good showing in the tournament because mm -hmm. I'm assuming she's going to. So I mean, yeah. I really don't know who's going to win the tournament, like either of them. It could be anybody, and that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Ruby could win it. Yeah. 
There's no reason she couldn't. I don't know that. Yeah, like if she won, I would not be disappointed. Nope, me neither. So, um, and then we got the main event, which was Adam Cole versus Adam Page for the AEW World Title Texas Death Match. But most importantly, there was a very good little sport wrestle talk sign. Hell Yeah. yeah! Look at that. Thanks to that person in particular for bringing that sign. There's Sport Wrestle Talk. This is yeah. great. Do, do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that. Bring more signs to wrestling shows. Um, so, yeah, that was nice. Um, so, Texas Deathmatch can only win by knockout or submission. That's the rules. Um, I One of my first notes in this match is, this is a bit of fun, isn't it? Because <laughs> it was just them having a bit of fun. It was them doing, like, classic... Classic Adam Cole, no DQ match spots. Get the two chairs out. Oh, I'm going to turn them so they're on the thing. And then he goes on them every time, Cole. Stop it. Stop um, doing that. You're going to break your back. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but this was really, really fun. I thoroughly enjoyed all of this. Hangman doing a top rope fall away slam. And he threw Adam Cole directly onto the pile of chairs. Was a great spot. Loved Love all the fall away slam. Oh, it's like it's so my good. weird it's my weird favorite thing. I just like a fall away slam. Yeah. I like it. No real like reason. That. I just like it. So when I get to see like a super top rope fall away slam on the chairs, I'm like, yes, best yeah. fall away slam ever. <laughs> um, and the finish came in this match <laughs> after a bu- after a bunch of fun. The finish has seemingly been controversial. Seemingly seemingly um, so the, my first bit my issue is not the same issue that everyone else has my little issue is that uh hangman page gets out he ties up adam cole's arm onto the ropes goes out and gets a chair with barbed wire on it and then doesn't hit adam cole with it i'm like what are you doing <laughs> hangman <laughs> hit him with the thing <laughs> like i i never like that spot where the baby face is like oh i i, sh- I shouldn't hit him with this because it, it will hurt him and it's like yeah, he's trying to like kill you. Just him with the th- stop it. You look like a numpty. So then he put the chair I, I down. Kinda... Untied Adam Cole. It's like what are you what are you doing? And then Adam Cole hits him in the nuts. I'm like, well, yeah. What do you expect, idiot? I can kind of buy it when the two people involved used to be friends. Sure. You know, like I can kind of buy it the same way that like Johnny Organo gave Tommaso Ciampa one last chance in their New Orleans match. Mm-hmm. Right at the end, it's like. I don't want to kill you. And then Champa like tried to hit him again. He's like, "All right, now I will though." And that's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing I got here. Sure. Except that like Adam Page wasn't smart enough to avoid a low blow from Adam Cole. Like Johnny yeah, Gargano totally. was was smart enough to avoid whatever Champa tried to do to him. But yeah, you know, hey ho. And then yeah. controversy. Yeah. Um. So. Hangman gets the barbed wire off the chair, wraps it around his arm. They get they brought it onto the apron, and he takes off the barbed wire and shoves it around Adam Cole's head. And it falls in a certain way that he has a crown of barbed wire mm. around his head. Mm. On Good Friday. Friday. <laughs> then Hangman picks him up, does a, a dead eye through the um through the table on the outside, and uh, and uh, Adam Cole gets counted, which is great. Um I don't think it was supposed to be a crown of thorns 
it's just barbed wire that he put around his head for a dead eye that just fell in a certain way that made it look like it was supposed to be a crown of thorns. I do not think this was intentional at all. But a lot of people seem to really care about it. I think it, I think it might have been intentional. Ah. I also don't care. Yeah, there's you know? that. The richest thing that I've heard is like Eric Bischoff clutching his pearls on Twitter about this. Like, <laughs> oh, controversy creates cash. Oh, I can't believe they would do something like this. Like, make fun <laughs> of Jesus. Oh, they would. They would make fun of Jesus. Love it. Sure, pal. Uh-huh. Sure. Whatever you say, Eric Bischoff. Mm-hmm. One good idea, man. Anyway. Anyway. Hangman I retained. Don't, I don't care. Listen, that, that might upset people. I don't care. Make fun of Christianity. I don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Care. It's weather. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Get the, Jesus wrestled a match in AEW once. It was Jesus and like a dinosaur against someone and someone after the show. So maybe he'll yeah. come back and get his revenge. Yeah. Anyway, um, there was uh, there was a bit as well as Adam Cole right in the finish of this match. There was a bit where Adam Cole said, uh, "You'll never beat Kenny Omega, and you'll never beat me." Was like the thing that he was saying before he went into the finish. Which Hangman's already beaten Kenny Omega. And he's already Delusional, been you. But yeah. that's not the point. Um, yeah. Kenny Omega's got, got mentioned on TV, Tempest. Kenny Omega returned confirmed. Um, I, probably not. But it's cool that he's still getting mentioned. Like, they're keeping that plate spinning for when Kenny comes back. And, like, the whole Cole and Kenny interaction, how their friendship's going to be. I'm really curious to see what that's going to look like when he does come back. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's fun. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, I I don't... I definitely don't want to say I've been disappointed by the Adam versus Adam feud. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still a little bit. I'm not all the way there on Hangman's reign. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because he doesn't feel like the star of the show. That's yeah. I'm with you there. There are a number of things on each week's AEW programming that I look forward to significantly more than whatever Hangman Page was doing to the point that he wasn't on Dynamite this week and I didn't notice. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. the world champion? That's probably not good, you yeah. know? Whereas, like, I I care more about the Blackpool Combat Club. I care more about what CM Punk is doing. I might even care more about what Wardlow and MJF are doing. Yeah. And I thought that once we got to the Adam versus Adam thing, we would get a lot more of like the really deep storytelling of, you know, that we built up to Hangman's reign with. We just hadn't really gotten it yet. Like all of his matches have been great. Mm-hmm. Like the first Danielson match, of course, within an hour, is fantastic. One of the best TV matches ever. The second one, almost as good. The, the Texas death match against Lance Archer was, I thought, great. And then the match at Revolution with Adam Cole was great. And then this was great. So, like, and even the Dante Martin match I thought was really good. All yeah. of his title defenses have been really, really fun. But when his reign was built up to with such, such storyline, like heavy emotional storytelling behind it, to have gotten really nonsense has been kind of disappointing to me. Like, 
everything that they're doing on BTE with Hangman and the Dark Order should be playing out on television. Mm-hmm. And maybe they just don't feel like the Dark Order is like a main event act or something like that. They don't want the goofy comedy stable paired with their world champion. But that's kind of why I cared about him. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping it keeps like I'm I keep hoping that we get back to that point, but I feel like we're closer to the end of his reign than the start now. Yeah. And I feel you know. like we might not get back to that until Kenny comes back. And that mm. might be the thing that kind of like kickstarts a really interesting story for Hangman. With yeah. whatever, however Kenny is involved in that, I don't know. But I feel like that might be the thing that kickstarts the, the interesting stuff with Hangman again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, he's having a good reign. I wouldn't call it bad. It's just not quite the level that we wanted and how it was built up to. That's all. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Um, but that was Rampage, and it was a bit of fun. That's what sure it was. was. It was a bit of fun. Five out of five? I got nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I don't know if I would go five out of five. The middle was just kind of like there. I'd probably give this yeah. like a four out of five show with a five out of five main event. That's fair. I think it has a five out of five start, five out of five end, and nothing bad in the middle. I was like, I feel like that that's most shows these days. Yeah, you know? true, and to it? be yeah. fair, maybe that that just that is just how you book wrestling shows. You know, yeah. it's a yeah. you know, if you're writing an essay, strong point at the beginning, strong point at the end, weakest point in the middle. But and if you're doing my GM mode on WW2K22 in the parts unknown series of Monday Night War, then you want a good opener and a good main event, and then you can dip it in the mid card match. That's how the booking works. Anyway, let's talk about SmackDown, shall we? Relatively quickly, because I don't want to talk about it for too long. There's also um, nothing to talk about, I feel like. Yeah, so this I, was a very nothing happening SmackDown. I got accused in the in my edited review that went up on the channel. J'accuse. There was one comment that I saw that said, you really overanalyzed WWE. And I was like, I don't feel like I do. I feel like I analyze WWE. Yeah. And they're bad. So the, yeah. the logic like falls apart for a lot of stuff. And there were certain things that the logic just didn't make any sense to me on on this show which we'll we'll, we'll talk about when we get there yeah. but the I opening are, one... we know each other so well at this point like i know what you're talking about and we haven't discussed any of these points no, but, not at all but go on. um it started off though i really enjoyed this opening segment which was rk mm-hmm. bro coming out doing a fun little promo they did a little bit of comedy to start they called out the usos about the tight unification match the usos came out jay i thought cut a great promo i thought he is so good with like i really like the dynamic of jay cutting this like huge fiery promo with jimmy just throwing in one-liners like and like his hype man kind of thing love that dynamic i think their promo was awesome and then randy orton came back with another awesome promo where he because i love the way that they don't feel like even if they are they don't feel like scripted promos they each of them has the ability to make it not feel like a scripted promo randy was just like i've been setting records in wwe for 20 years oh oh, what was that one more thing oh yeah we accept your title unification match by the way and it was just like the way he was like fired up and do it like he didn't take any pauses through the promo it was just like it was really good really really good stuff hot start accepted the match i was like cool that's a match i'm really looking forward to wrestlemania backlash i'm intrigued as to who's going to Who's going to win? Because I think either way, there's story possibilities out of both. Fun. Good start. I enjoyed this. I did too. I thought it was a good promo. And it's weird because I don't... 
I don't think of Randy Orton as a promo guy, you mm. know. I know he can cut good promos, and he's talked about, like, when, you know, he turned on Edge before WrestleMania a couple of years ago. And, you know, they did that whole thing, and he cut really good promos. He did good character work. I don't feel like he's the kind of guy to have, like, a long list of great promos that I could pull from. But this was just, like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching a Randy Orton promo. He looks like yeah. he's having fun, which exactly. makes me have fun, you know, yep. which... Again, if you if you know anything about the situation, I'm I'm really happy for Randy Orton that he's gotten away from less than stellar storylines and is just yes wrestling again and having fun. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm, I'm happy for him. It, it it kind of permeates through his whole thing. It was like it was like in the main event, which we'll talk about more later. But he just looks like he's having so much fun, and I'm just enjoying earnest babyface Randy Orton, which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. That, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Like this this Randy Orton. I've never been a big babyface Randy Orton fan. You know, Same. like most. And I think I think that's fair because most of the time, babyface Randy Orton has been fairly bland. Mm-hmm. But when he's doing this, this is like just fun. Yeah. And to me, the whole RK Bro run has been fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't get to I don't get to see a whole lot of just fun things in WWE. And mm-hmm. this is a genuinely fun team. So good starting promo. <laughs> I wonder how it will get undermined on this show. So RK Bro go backstage, and this is almost certainly a nitpick, and I understand that. But when it actually compromises the story... It's not a nitpick. It's just dumb. Okay. RK Bro go backstage to Adam Pearce. Any segment involving Adam Pearce these days just doesn't make any sense. They ask for the title unification match that they just accepted. And they say, can we get it made official? And Adam Pearce says, as of last Friday, higher-ups were still deliberating as to whether to have the match. But tonight, I can give you Jimmy Uso versus Riddle. Let's break that down. Let's break that down. Okay. Who are the higher-ups? What are they deliberating? RKBro only just accepted the challenge for the match now. So why were they deliberating it last Friday before they accepted the challenge? So, and if they have been doing that before they then accepted the challenge, then what did RK Bro accepting the challenge have to do with anything? Because if Charlotte Flair can say no to Ronda yeah. Rousey getting an I quit match, and then the match gets made anyway, then the whole promos where they say, I accept or I reject, mean diddly dick. There's nothing Absolutely to it. Absolutely nothing. It just doesn't make any difference. There's, there's literally no meaning to any of these promo segments. As much fun as it was in the opening... If them accepting the challenge doesn't actually change anything, then what's the point? I, I don't know. This is stupid. <laughs> stupid. Right, Pete. And that really wound it is me stupid. up. Yeah. Yeah. That really got on my skin. I, I just think it's like hilarious that like the company that doesn't have an on-screen authority figure, you never have these issues. Yeah, right. It's almost like you don't need on-air authority figures anymore. Yeah. So that bit wound me up. Yeah. Because when you think about it for more than a few seconds, the logic just falls apart. Yeah. Um, And then we got Rhea Ripley backstage, who was just with Liv Morgan again. Mm -hmm. That wound me up too. Because for the last like week, they've been telling us 
quite a good story with Liv Morgan of how she's fighting in Rhea Ripley's absence. She's fighting for the team and she's trying to get these wins to build momentum for her team because they're going to get the women's tag team title match. And she wanted to build the authority on behalf of their team. Well, Rhea Ripley didn't do anything because she wasn't wrestling. She wasn't there. She didn't even accompany Liv Morgan to the ring. And her walking out on Liv Morgan before, probably going to be turning heel. That's like a really organic babyface story so that Liv Morgan's fighting a lot. And then when she loses, going to be, oh, Rhea, you, 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 you're terrible, heartbreaking. Oh, no. So then Rhea Ripley was back here alongside Liv Morgan like nothing had changed. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> why can't you tell a story? Because now, now I get the feeling that they didn't even know that they were telling that story with Liv Morgan. And they were just giving us some matches just to keep the plates spinning and didn't realize what that what the implications of her winning those matches was. Guys, Rhea Ripley then Possible. had a match against Naomi and she won. And the match was really fun. But I don't care because you just undermined the whole story you were doing. I this uh, annoyed me. I like like it's weird because I don't know that I want to see Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan break up. You know? Yeah. So if they just forget about that and move on with a new direction of them together as a team, I'd be like, you got to pick your battles, I guess. And I don't care enough to, to be upset about it, you know, like. And I don't want this to sound gross, but as a member of the community, I must say these like I really like Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan and not in like a gross Ooh, we got girls kind of way. But like, I feel like they have very cute bisexual energy together sure. yeah you know like they're not in a relationship and whatever I mean, but they i up. just sure like they jump into each other's arms and they look into each yeah, other's yeah, eyes yeah. and stuff i just look at them and i was like you two are like really cute together mm -hmm. and i like them as a team and i want to see them continue to be this like really nice wholesome cute baby face team mm -hmm. You know, these two, like, kind of kind of goth. One of them's kind of a goth. I don't quite know what Liv Morgan is, but <laughs> she, dress, she dresses in black now, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she wasn't yeah, a goth yeah, yeah. before. She's just changed the color of her clothes. But I don't know. I just like their pairing a lot. I don't yeah. know. I just like it. I think they're, re they're really – they're a cute pair together. The same way that I think, you know, like Sasha Banks and, and Naomi are a good pair mm -hmm. together. You know, yeah. these are good teams that I don't want to see split up after three weeks. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if they're going to do the split, which I'm assuming they are, uh, to be fair, with this week, they might have just abandoned yeah, it. Yeah, who knows? But, you know, the reports were saying that Rhea Ripley might be joining Edge's new faction, which I'm all for, by the way, if that does happen. Um, then, like, if you're going to do the split, then don't do this thing. Or if you're going to mm. keep them together, then do this thing i guess and that's fine if, if they're actually going to stay together i guess it makes sense but then don't do the thing you just did last week make your mind up is what i'm saying pick <laughs> a story is all i'm trying to say jesus um this is my favorite description of somebody bubblegum goth. Goth. i'm i'm not as uh well versed in goth culture uh no, I mean, as, just as i as i should be so if that if that's a thing there you go live morgan bubblegum goth yeah um so yeah, I thought it was a fun match though between the two, but Rhea Ripley did just win. So now Naomi's lost and Sasha's lost. So now they're just starting to look a bit bad now. Well, because yeah. before it was like Liv Morgan just scrapes out the win, but now it's like they're just losing now. Mm -hmm. 
You do know. not want to be a champion in WWE. People need no, to realize. You, you, if this was real, people would be actively avoiding these championships, mm. like yeah. every championship except for the tippy top one, because mm-hmm. otherwise you are just a geek and a loser. So, yep. Um, the Usos backstage. Mm, go ahead. The, this tag match should be like a really exciting prospect. Yeah. With a really easy story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that, you know, they still have a really good match at the pay-per-view. But it's the women's tag titles that I don't I don't I don't have faith that yeah. they'll have more than like five minutes and a, a dumb finish and a breakup angle. I just want to see these four women have a good tag match, and I know mm-hmm. that they can and they would. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Usos backstage ignore Kata Braxton and go into Roman Reigns' locker room. <sighs> Can't wait to see Reigns later to figure out what's going on with his title that we still don't know about yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got a recap of Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin splitting up. Happy Corbin says that he's going to beat up Madcap Moss or whatever. Drew Gulak is a backstage interviewer here. Um, and he's doing a very good job, you know? Yeah. He's doing a great job. But he's also Drew Gulak, who's a very good wrestler. Um, and you know what? Yeah. I will I will hold my hands up here, Tempest, and I will say I was wrong. I thought that Mad Cat Moss was going to be the cringy babyface who just makes the same jokes but plays it for last now. But he said in his promo that his old jokes were terrible. So that is step one. And then he did the Los Lotharios kiss cam on his butt. And I was like, well, never mind. Maybe I'm right. Because... <laughs> Not but great. he's still going to be a funny man, Pete. Well, yeah. His jokes are right. going to change, but it's still WWE writing comedy for somebody. Yeah. Um, I have more to Brad... say about Drew Gulak, but I'll wait for the bigger segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Madcap beat Umberto. Good uh, match. It was fine. It was all right. Madcap looked fine. Um, Angel is really upset with Umberto after the match. I think we're getting Madcap versus Angel next week. I think. I hope that's all cool. it is. I was like, I swear to God, if you break up the Los Lotharios for no reason. No. Uh. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Flair, backstage, goes to Adam Pearce and says, who made my match? Because I said no to Ronda last week, and yet we're having an I Quit match at WrestleMania Backlash. And I was like, great question, Charlotte. Great question. But we didn't get the answer because <laughs> Drew Gulak really rudely honestly comes in in the middle of what charlotte's saying like, hey adam pierce what do you think of my interview did i do okay did i do a good job and i was like true she's she's talking that's pretty rude mate. <laughs> um but uh charlotte flair says actually you know what drew you should interview me in the ring let's go out right now and they go out to the ring and drew gulak does a great job interviewing charlotte flair because again he's a charismatic man he, he's, he's good. He's, he's asking good questions and whatever. Yeah, it's good. Charlotte Flair then uh, said that it was ridiculous that she tapped out at WrestleMania. Good delusional heel stuff. Um, and she beat up Drew Gulak, forced him to tap and then say, I quit, which I, in the figure eight, which I thought was an effective segment. It just sucks to be Drew Gulak, I guess. But... A little bit. You know, it's the same thing because it didn't happen on the show. But for anybody who wasn't aware, L.A. Knight was working before mm. SmackDown as a manager. Where it's like, Drew Gulak and L.A. Knight 
are very talented individuals. Mm. And Drew Gulak would make a good interview character. Yeah. You know what he would make a better? A wrestler. Because he's a good wrestler. Like, he's a good performer. He is. He's a really good performer. Same thing with L.A. Knight. And they keep taking these, like, the, the, they keep trying to fit the, the round peg into the square hole. And I don't quite understand why. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, maybe they just feel like they have enough wrestlers and they want an interview person anyway. So, he's getting on TV, which he wasn't doing otherwise. And he's being involved in segments where he can show off his personality. So, that's good. But you can also just book a better wrestling show and let him do that as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, I will. I guess I will say thank you for the table scraps that I'm being given. But you could also just give us a steak. Yeah. You know? Um, here's a counterpoint, though. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Drew Gulak is going to be interviewing anyone ever again. He'll just be taken off TV again. <laughs> because this yeah. was set up for this one week where yeah. Charlotte could beat him up and then that's it. That's... Totally fair. Yeah, that's my prediction. But the same thing applies to L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight, yes. I'm sure, will be a very good manager. Yeah, he can but talk. he would be a better wrestler. Yeah, for sure. You know? And also, yeah. if you don't know the story, no cheating if you do. If you don't know who he was managing, have a guess in the chat. If you do know, don't put anything in the chat because that's cheating and then you'll give away the answer. But if you don't know, have a guess because I'm so curious if anyone's actually going to guess who it is. Anyway, after that, uh, we got a recap of Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre from last week. And then we got Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre from this week, which was the same match, but a couple minutes longer. Same finish and everything. Count out. Sami ran away. Same thing. (sighs) I went back and found my tweet about SmackDown being a rerun. Mm -hmm. Evergreen. Evergreen content. The rest of the show wasn't as much of a rerun, but like no, this segment was. They just copy and pasted from last week. This sure was. Um, also, they had the most one of the most insufferable segments I think they've probably ever done, and that is saying something. When they were talking about how they beat the Super Bowl, and they were oh, reading out, oh my god, this! I was hoping to bring this up all these numbers about how they beat the Super Bowl in social media stats, and Michael Cole would say a thing, and then Pat McAfee would just go, stupendous after each one, and his stupendous got more and more annoying, and I liked Pat McAfee. I think he did a great job at WrestleMania, and I really like him sometimes in small doses, but here, when Michael Cole was just being like, we're so great, people watched our videos, and Pat McAfee's like, oh, stupendous! I'm like, guys, shut up. Because it is so annoying. It was infuriating watching this. Man, this really yeah. got under my skin. Yeah. I mean, even without the the insufferable delivery, mm-hmm. I can't stand these morons with their fake numbers. Like, yeah. If you if you made WrestleMania seven days worth of shows in a row, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd beat whatever else too. Yeah. God damn! Like they're so, they're so the way they are. 
Yeah. It's the it's the, the longest running weekly episode. No, it's not. You're lying to people. Yeah. Like enough. It's so obnoxious. It's yeah. so obnoxious that they're just like touting their fake numbers to make them seem somehow bigger than the goddamn Super Bowl. Which they like, yeah, not. if the Super Bowl, if the Super Bowl was eight hours long on back-to-back nights, you know how many impressions they would get? About a hundred mm-hmm. times what WrestleMania would. Yeah. So please spare me. And also, even if they beat the Super Bowl in numbers, whoop de doo Like, Jesus Christ, guys. But they're so busy being like, oh, we're so good. Well done, us. We're the greatest. Like, shut up. This does not endear me to your company at all. Like, if they did it, I wouldn't have a problem. It's the fact that they're lying. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, if you actually outperformed the Super Bowl, that would be, like, really impressive. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. It's not how that works. You can't just make the, the search parameters go back to, to January and be like, look at all the people that are talking about WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Look at all the things that people have said and be like, oh, well, these are the people that talked about the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. But here's yeah. the things that happened at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I just can't, yep. I can't deal. It, that is a nitpick, but mm-hmm. it's been happening forever, and I'm tired of hearing them say that, the Raw, that Raw is like the longest running weekly episodic nonsense. Because it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they just lie. They're liars. Yeah. They're liars who lie. They are liars who lie. Uh, Ricochet had an intercontinental title match next against Jinder Mahal, which was fine. It was a bit of a showcase yeah. for Ricochet. He did some Ricochet things. That was fun. Have Ricochet do more Ricochet things. Mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah, fine. Um, also, Sammy and Drew are going to have a Lumberjack match next week. Does this end in a countout? Because it's going to build to backlash where they'll do like a cage match a cage. or a no DQ or something like that. Or a false count yeah. anywhere. False count anywhere or a cage, I would imagine, would... Yeah. It'll be one of the one or the other. Um, okay. Backstage, we got a recap of the dissension with Seamus Ridge Holland and Butch. And in case you thought that this story might be good... Michael Cole calls Butch a petulant child, and I'm like, why? Why would well, you I mean, it was. I know that's what they're treating him like, but you don't have to say it, Cole. Jesus. Okay. They then cut a promo saying that he needs to redirect his anger, and he says he's redirected his anger to the New Day. Cool. Now... I've been told that this next bit is supposed to be a reference to a thing. Didn't come across that way to me at all. I just thought this was bad. Because Butch says, New Day, that's where his anger is. And he walks off. And Seamus turns back and like, see, got him under control, New Day. Then Ridge Holland turns to him and he's like, Seamus, I've lost Butch. And it's like... What? He's a he's a five year old. They They're they tra- will have him so, in a stroller or on a leash. Yeah. So one, how can you lose him? He's right there. He's he's just off camera, like right over there. How have you lost him? You watched him walk away. You know where he is. 
As soon as someone walks out of camera shot, they stop existing. It's just what happens mm. in WWE. Butch is a child. He's a petulant child who yeah. goes missing and he has his, his two dads of Seamus and Ridge Holland who had to take care of him. They've lost him. Next segment, Butch attacks Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. And who's there immediately? It's Seamus and Ridge Holland. <laughs> you didn't lose him? <sighs> Guys, He was still on. in view when they turned around to go find right? him. They were like, right? oh, there he is. Like, yeah. And someone was saying, like, oh, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a silly comedy thing because it's a reference to this movie or whatever. And I'm like, right, but, like, it's bad. It's, yeah. it's a bad segment. If your reference undermines the product, it's a bad reference. It doesn't make any sense. I just... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. WWE don't know how to tell stories, Tempest. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. It's, it, yeah. Getting a lot Good. of Scrappy-Doo yeah. comments. He is scrappy Oh, yeah. He is scrappy dude. That's that's how it works. The worst. Uh, Lacey Evans. Yes, let's talk about a good thing. Lacey Evans got another really good promo. Um, I thought this one was better than last week. I hmm, the content of the promo was better than last week. The packaging of it was worse, in my humble opinion. Um, so yeah, I think that she cut a very very good promo here, talking about you know the abuse that she suffered from her father, his struggles with addiction, how she has incorporated that into herself and saying that this is why she's a great wrestler and the lessons that she's taken from that and how she's coped with it in her life and all that stuff. And that's really, really good. She had a backdrop of the red, white, and blue behind her. And they had this like emotional music underneath. And I personally felt like that undercut what she was saying. Not completely. It was still a very, very good promo. This is the best Lacey Evans has ever looked. But... I think it would have just been so much better if it was just her talking candidly. Mm. Like last week, just makes it better, in my humble opinion. Change their own. It, it, it didn't detract from the segment for me, but I don't know. I saw this and I was like, "Damn, why isn't Lacey like the champion right now?" Which is not yeah. something I ever thought I would ever say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. Very good though. Yeah, you know what I didn't like? What came oh. immediately after? I gotta say, let me because what happened next was the Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Raquel Rodriguez backstage segment, and I yes. want to give a shout, a shout out to to Brian Rose of uh, F4W because he, mm-hmm. he tweeted that his favorite WWE segments are the ones where it feels like it was written by an alien who has only ever like heard of human interaction. But yeah. hasn't quite got it down yet. Mm-hmm. What the hell was this segment? <laughs> I I need to corner a WWE writer and just say, explain yourself. Yeah. What were you trying to accomplish? I can understand what they were trying to accomplish with, with the Butch thing. It was yeah. dumb, but I can understand what they were trying to accomplish. What was the goddamn point of this? I... Oh, so okay. So the the first thing that annoyed me was it cut to Natalia and Shayna Baszler watching the TVs. So they were watching Lacey Evans's promo, and they immediately after Lacey's just been talking about abuse and her father's addiction and how that's changed her life, they go <laughs> and just like sneer at it. It's like that's like beyond heelish. That's like yeah, evil. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, like that's not okay. Cancelable, cancelable yeah. things. Yeah. Like if you said uh, that about a real person on Twitter, you'd you'd be fired. Yeah. 
Yes. And I get that they're heels, but like I don't know. I feel like that's just like beyond heel behavior. To, yeah, to just hear them like, like pull the heart and just be like, huh, idiot. Like, yeah, geez. you know. Yeah, I feel like you're you're tiptoeing a line with this Lacey Evans story anyway. Yeah, you know, because obviously there's very sensitive subject matter for sure, and hence why you tiptoe because they immediately follow it up with some nonsense like this. Mm-hmm. So then, Tempest, would you mm-hmm. like to try and explain what came immediately afterwards <laughs> with Natalia and Shayna and Raquel? So. You've got Natalia and you've got Shayna, and they're like mm-hmm. standing in the locker room, kind of just like rummaging through things. Yeah. They're just like taking clothes off hangers and being like, look at this shirt. Whatever. Meanwhile, sure. Natalia is just like, all these new girls, they don't they don't respect legends like us. Everybody's got a sob story now. And now there's this new girl putting her clothes all over the locker room. Who does she think she is? Meanwhile, the camera simply pans. To Raquel Rodriguez sitting right behind Natalia, who then gets up and is like, Hi, I'm Raquel Rodriguez. Nice to meet you. And Natalia walks off, and Shayna, like, half hands Raquel the shirt and half drops it. So it's like a really awkward, like, and meanwhile, Raquel's just smiling the whole time. Mm-hmm. Just, Hi, I'm so and so. So you're either an idiot who didn't hear them talking S two feet from you. Yeah. Or the heels are blind and didn't see the giant baby face woman that they are talking S about two feet away. Yeah. Explain yourself. This there's no way that this wasn't written by a chimp. <laughs> you know? You give it you give all of the, you give them a hundred thousand uh, chimps, a hundred thousand typewriters, mm-hmm. and an infinite amount of time, and you'll have a Pulitzer Prize winner. Mm-hmm. You'll you, you'll never have that with wrestling. You'll never <laughs> they'll never book wrestling because then you get things like this. Yeah, On, what? I don't. So, I, I I'm so baffled by this one. And I I, I saw someone in the I can't remember if it was in the live chat or on Twitter or somewhere I saw this. Someone said you could have saved this segment, but in one very simple thing, have Raquel crush Natalia's hand in a uh, Natalia's hand in a handshake. Yeah, just to show that she hurt her. Oh yeah, nice to meet you. Crush her, and Natalia's like, <sighs> and like walks away. It's like, oh, so she heard you, and she's angry about it. Great, segment saved. Would it have been good? Oh really? Would have been fine. It would have not been bad. <laughs> yes. Goodness me. Oh, anyway. Yeah. I, I couldn't comprehend this one. Yeah. I mean, we're already over yeah. time, so I just quickly want to move on and talk about the main event. It was Riddle versus Jimmy Oso. It was fun. Riddle hit a really cool RKO to finish where, like, Jimmy popped him up and hit, hit an RKO out of midair. That was really cool. Really like Randy's reaction. Like I said, earnest baby face Randy. Him getting in the ring being like, let's go, Riddle! Oh! Like, like, over the top was really good. Um... He's doing great work right now. Riddle gets the pinfall victory. Good. Also, just because we can't finish on a nice thing, as they're celebrating afterwards, the graphic comes up. RK Pro versus US at WrestleMania Backlash. It's like, so who made the match then? Why did that get made off screen? What was the point in having the conversation with Adam Pierce? Why can't you tell a story? Mm. Anyway, yeah. that was the show. 
Yeah. I don't know why this show broke me, Tempest, because it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I've seen worse. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't, it's, like a, it's like a two out of five show, but it was like an right, average okay. show. It's just <laughs> yes, that this show is bad. Not the norm for SmackDown, too. Yeah. SmackDown's average is low. Yeah, it sure is. It's bad. Goodness me. Just, I, nothing happened on this show. Like, I like the Naomi Rear match. Other matches were fine, but like, yeah. I like a promo here and there. Otherwise, it's just two hours of nothing. Like, yeah. They they threw to a commercial saying, "Oh, when you come back, we're gonna see a video package about Madcap Moss." That is the opposite of like advertising. <laughs> that is that is okay. Let me change the channel real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Goodness me, that was um not a good show. And also, where was Shinsuke? Where was Roman? Where's any sort of follow? We still don't know what Roman's doing with his title. And at this point, I'm convinced that WWE don't know either. Whether that's because of a potential Roman Reigns injury and they're trying to figure something out, or they just don't have any plans because I would not put it past them to be like, let's build to this Reigns-Lesnar thing, let's build to this Reigns-Lesnar thing, and they have tunnel vision on Lanes, uh, Reigns versus Lesnar, and then they get there, and then they're like, well, what do we do now? And they go, I don't know. Wouldn't surprise well, now me. They're, now they're like, okay, now we got to do Reigns versus Rock. Yeah. Well, we got a year. a year before that. Uh-huh. What do we do in the meantime? Well, hmm. we'll just do the same thing that we did last year. We'll just pick a random person, make them seem like a legitimate contender, and then Roman will beat them, and then they'll go right back down to where they were. Sounds great. So if I had to guess, I would mm-hmm. imagine they do Drew and Roman at SummerSlam. I agree. I don't know what you do until then. Nope. I have no idea what you do after that. I assume there's a draft after SummerSlam and you shake up the rosters. And sure. Although I, I guess he's got both belts, so I don't know. Like, just have wrestled the whole roster. I guess it doesn't really matter what Brandy's on. And Maybe they do Cody at SummerSlam. I was going to say, like, you also have a story where Cody Rhodes needs to win the world title. Yeah. So you're going to wait Maybe until they after... Do Cody... They do they do Cody for the WWE title at SummerSlam, and they do Drew for the Universal title at SummerSlam, and you split mm-hmm. up the un, the unified because they were never unified belts. And Roman wins both of them. Good call, Tempest. Great, sounds awesome. Also possible. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I don't, know. I, I, I don't care enough. I'm, I'm done yeah. with the show. You see, how fantasy fun. booking doesn't quite work the same way. Yeah. When you, when you know you don't have faith. We need to say thank you to some very special people. Those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. There's loads of extra bonus content over there. We've got uh, Ollie and Luke are going to be reviewing NXT TakeOver Dallas this month. Jealous. What a show. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to have a, a special WrestleTalk after dark later this month as well, which should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if I can get that to work. And if you pledge at the $25 or above tea, get your own custom wrestling nickname, and it gets run on a show much like this one. So thank you to Hannah A. Baby. Vito Ventura, pet detective. Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. Angelic Angelo Masado. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. 
Michael Jensen Radio. Who wants to walk with Daniel Elias Chrysler? That's out of date now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because he's a Zeke. You'll never get this name right. (laughs) You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Zemajewski. Joshua Weaver Cleavage. That's a bad name. You're welcome. Why do I feel like that's one from Luke? And one's from me, unfortunately. Oh, dear. Sorry, Luke. Yeah. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate dropped surname. The Wrestling Life. Yeah. And Ari and Shafira, the Boozerweights. Thank you so much, all of our pledge hammers. Let's get into uh, the rest of your ultra chats here. Last chance to get those in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support on the subject of Blackpool Combat Club. Redman2490 says, do you think the Blackpool Combat Club should ever get a group entrance or should they stay separate? For now, they should stay separate. Maybe they can evolve to having a group entrance. Maybe. Mm. I, I feel like this is one where they're they're fine either way. I don't really have too much of a preference. I think both uh, would serve different purposes. So, uh, Matt Carney said, Tempest. It's quantum choice question time. Does AEW serve only its own needs? Does AEW serve both the audience's needs and then its own? Does AEW serve its audience only its audience's needs? Or does AEW serve both its own needs and then its audience's? Nice mask. Thank you. I'm confused by this question. Mm. What's because its priority? Needs... Does it serve yeah. its needs? Solely its own needs? Solely the audience's needs? It's needs, then it's audiences, or it's audiences, then it's. I don't quite know what the difference is. Mm. Because they're, you know, yeah, like, that should be the same thing. Your your goal, the whole point of the company should be to make your fans happy and give them the show that they want to see. Which is a novel concept in the 21st mm-hmm. century. Not yeah. a lot of people have done that. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they're just the same, like not Mm -hmm. all the time. Like there, there are things where like the fans don't like it and you can see the separation of, of what the audience wants and what AEW is going to give you like the end of dynamite, which to, to be fair, Tony Khan has already come out and and said was a mistake. So at least he's learning, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think they're the one and the same. Nate S says uh, in in quotation marks with alternating small and capital letters, you know that one. AEW's ruined Adam Cole. KOR was treated better in NXT. Me stares in Pete Dunn. Pete on all the shows this week doing great work. Thank you. Peanuts on the up. Tempest is also there doing good stuff. Tempest is also there. Yeah, I've done like yeah. every podcast except NXT this week. <sighs> Hot damn. God damn you. Like, you got out of all this. You. I still have to watch that show. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. You're welcome, Tempest. Also, I just, I don't listen to people saying things like AEW has ruined Adam Cole. Like, that to me is just like, all right, let me just hit that mute button. Like, yeah, like that. Your opinions are not worth listening to at that point in my, in my view. It's not to say we can't have differing ones, but I'm just like. Well, that's just not, that's not true. Mm-hmm. 
Blakey says, I thought Adam Cole said, you'll never be Kenny Omega, you'll never be me, which would make a lot more sense than saying he'll never beat them. Uh, also, I think the barbed wire was not meant to have religious connotations. I agree. And also, yeah, that's probably what he said. Could be, yeah. Uh, Riot DR says, hey, yo, uh, what is WWE doing? Raquel has a built-in badass vibe and she's just smiling. Pete Dunn, a top 10 technical wrestler, and he's a wild dog. At least they seem to be trying with Ricochet, so not, not all bad. Love you guys. Jam that jam. LIW for life. They are doing the bare minimum with Ricochet that I would expect. Yeah. You know, it would be so easy to get Ricochet over. So easy. You have him do one Ricochet match. Mm-hmm. He's the one guy who absolutely should never work the WWE style. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I, sw- I don't know who I, I was trying to think about it last night while I was watching the show. Like who would I pair him with? And the list is a lot shorter now than it would have been prior to releases. But literally, mm-hmm. if you had just like booked him and Alistair Black in like a mm-hmm. fifteen-minute match on TV and just said like do what you do and go out and do it, they'd be like the biggest stars in the company in yeah. one night. Ricochet would you have kids uh, buying a bajillion Ricochet t-shirts if he could just go out there and do what Ricochet does. Yep. And yeah, he like he still gets popular because the kids see him do a flip and they're like, oh wow, look at the flip. You know, he's the guy that does a flip. But if they knew that he did like 20 million flips in a match, oh, he'd be on another level. Punk Rocks and Soda said, Liv is the girlfriend that Rhea brought to one concert for The Cure and she got super into them and saw how much it meant to Rhea <laughs> that she liked them. Aw. That was <laughs> very really sweet. It's very accurate, actually. I like that. Uh, on the subject of Wrestle Talk as a whole, Swords, I assume that's how it's pronounced. Uh, I beat, could you pass on a good job, Andy, on doing the BBC Morning Wrestling News for me? No. We don't say good job, Andy. (laughs) We had that. We had the good job, Andy, on Tuesday. Now it's time for everyone else to have a good job. Mm -hmm. Done the good job, Andy thing. Good job. Thanks, Tempest. Good job, Tempest. Thanks, Pete. John's Timmy said, I've been watching since Luke had hair and Ollie used to have uh, used a different presenter voice. And the newer intro song has really grown on me recently, but I've had a burning question. How did you get SpongeBob to do the vocals? (laughs) That rights must have cost a fortune. (laughs) Thanks, Tom Kenny. Really, he came through. He's a friend of the show, actually. Oh, my God. I really hope Luke has seen that, because <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, man. Um, there was a couple that were missed from yesterday's podcast with uh, me and Denise. Uh, Legit Underboss says, I'm hoping that Satnam Singh is more poor white and big Cass and less great Carly and Omos. Also, good job, Pete. Nice to see Andy's been giving you tips. Andy... Andy's done no such thing. Um, and I agree. Yes. Um, Sheldon Jackson said, uh, will either of you watch Moxley versus Osprey today at Windy City Riot? Maybe, but I don't know. I don't have to. Oh, but it's good wrestling, Pete. I know, but like time in it. Yeah, but we have so much time, Tempest. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> but it is Moxley Osprey, so like maybe. Should be a good show. And given what the the rumored announcement could be on Dynamite, um, mm-hmm. I've got uh, a lot of interest in in what happens yeah. on this For on sure. this yeah. year New Japan show. Uh, Death Grap says, "Hey guys, long time watcher. I'm curious about how the Wrestle Talk team sources the images for thumbnails slash the news and avoid copyright issues. 
good question. <laughs> I don't have the answer for you. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's all very inside baseball. You know, uh -huh. there's a lot of you know. A lot of the time I do try and make sure like if it's a specific like photographer or something, I'll try and like put the credit to sure. such and such uh, and whatever. But otherwise, I think most of it just kind of falls under free or uh, fair use because mm -hmm. we're reviewing things. Sure. You know, in theory, we should be protected from copyright and that sort of thing. In theory. The in theory. In theory, Thank communism you. works. Uh Nate S says, Tempest, come on. Everyone knows the true meaning behind Easter is to give thanks that Jesus was saved from the dinosaurs by a bunny who distracted them with chocolate and brightly colored eggs. Mm. What it is. I thought I thought it was Jesus that that ran off the dinosaurs. Mm. With like uh I forget what the line is from Mean Girls. It's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, there's something about Jesus saving everybody from the dinosaurs in that movie. It's been a while. Well, he did do that. Tails P yeah. said, uh, Rhea beat Naomi, who beat Liv, who beat Sasha. So Sasha will complete the circle by beating Rhea on Raw, right? I mean, it's the title match on Raw, so a bit late for that. Uh, is Gulak becoming the new coachman? Woods got Pearl Harbored from the front. Also, main event Jimmy Uso. Wait, Jimmy? <laughs> sure, Gulak is much more talented than Jonathan Coachman. <laughs> yes. 100%. Uh, Hawk the Outcast 823 said, just wanted to pop in and say thanks guys for laughing enough uh, for my last Ultra Chat to be the, in the best of February video. Also still waiting on my smack ass shirt, LIW for life. Yeah, me too. That's great. <laughs> oh, I wish I wish I had, made, I had gotten that made. Uh, Fred Verst says, uh, Tempest and Pete appreciation. Ultra Chat, been loving all the Pete on all the videos. A true Royal Rumble Iron Man showing. And Tempest reviews have the best background music. Appreciate all you do. Be kind to one another. Support Wrestle Talk. Thank you. Yeah. Do support Wrestle Talk. And thank yeah. you. Manuel Cifuentes says, More Rampage at 4 p.m. Pacific, please. What a Texas death match. Well worth watching an actual wrestling show live when it's focused on just wrestling. Side note, when Cole mentioned Kenny's name, I thought for a sec he would come out and distract Cole to lose. Mm. Interesting. Spicy. We're, we'll, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get to Kenny and Adam at some point. Yeah. And Manuel Cifuentes once again says, Almost forgot. Good job, Andy. Not a bot. Bot. <laughs> You're a bot. They're all bots. That's yeah, you're pushing. Anyway. You're pushing the pro Andy agenda. Exactly right. That's crazy. Uh, I've actually got an email here, Tempest, uh, from Brandon Severiano who says, uh, Hello, Pete and Tempest. I have a Datsun World problem. Been a while since we've had one of those. Uh, I was invited to join a local wrestling dojo. I've always dreamt about becoming a successful pro wrestler, but I can't help but feel tremendously nervous and my anxiety is through the roof. I'm afraid I will back out of the opportunity if I don't get myself under control. I turned 28 in October and already stressing about feeling too old to start training. Yes, I know 28 is still young. Tempest, do you uh, did you have a similar feeling of nervousness and anxiety before your first day of training? If so, how did you deal with it and do you have any tips p.s lij is my favorite wrestling stable so always happy to represent liw thank you so much brandon heck yeah uh i mean yeah of course you know you're walking into a gym with a bunch of really big 
buff dudes and you know it really was like when i walked into the the gym the first time there were like just dudes that were in there that were like you know six eight and like 300 pounds and i was like mm -hmm. damn these uh -oh. are like real wrestlers yeah you know not to say that like you know i'm not saying like oh i'll walk up to six foot tall adam cole and you know and whatever <laughs> but i walked in there and i was like these are these are real men these are know? manly so men. It was, uh, it, it could have very easily been a very nerve wracking, anxiety inducing experience, you know, uh, my, my advice would be to do it to like, not force yourself to go, but kind of like force yourself to go to the first one and see if you can make a friend, do whatever, something that will give you an extra incentive to go as mm -hmm. just like a human not like oh i need to go to the gym or oh i need to go to practice oh i need to do whatever because those are things that if you're not super locked into the experience and what you're actually going towards because it's going to be hard because wrestling is mm -hmm. hard if you give yourself like oh if i have a friend that i will meet there that we will go through this experience together it gives you like you know another reason to go and that mm -hmm. was something that really helped you know, uh, when I was going and doing that, because I made friends that I still talk to, you know, so that that would kind of be my advice. I can't give you much actual wrestling advice other than just go to a good school. And if you're in Toronto, shoot me a message because I know one not to go to. But <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, yeah, just kind of like do what you need to do to make it a fun experience, because that will make you want to keep doing it. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And I think if it's like a, uh, if it's the actual like barrier of going that you're anxious about, I would personally, something I try and do is try and like change the mindset of it instead of being like, I'm going to wrestling training for the first time. It's like, I just need to go get in the car. Don't think about yeah. why you get in the car. You're just doing that thing to go get in the car. And once you've already started doing something, then it's easier to follow through. It's just taking that first step is sometimes yeah. the hardest bit. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd say. Thank you for the email, um, Brandon. I hope your wrestling you. training goes well. Mm -hmm. um, right. That's actually going to do it for this episode of the Rustle Podcast because we need to go live now. Um, but thank you so much for listening, everyone. Really do appreciate it. I'll be back with more content soon. Uh, it's like a normal week next week, I think. Wild. Well, it's going to be me and Tempest back again. Sweet. More content. Awesome. S stay safe. Love you. Bye. Jam of the Jam. Hello, that before life. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.